direction. Get in the sports book. What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. The people in these streets call me Avery Lewis McDougal. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The Edmonton Oilers fall tonight, two to one in St. Paul, Minnesota, to those pesky Minnesota Wild. In a game in which I would say, in a word, was, well, frustrating. Beyond frustrating if you were an Oiler fan. I want to welcome all those of you watching in Edmonton. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. Heck, we might have some viewers down in Minnesota. I got some visiting fans who are tuned in to this episode of Game Over Edmonton. And before we begin, do you want to help our, our friends out at Sports Interaction? One second, please. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, and please play responsibly. Okie dokie. On to the game. And oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. At certain points in this 2-1 loss, we saw Edmonton struggle to get shots on net. Struggle to generate chances. Struggle to sustain anything, really, on Marc-Andre Fleury. That can't happen. That is... That's not good enough. That is not good enough as the Oilers fall to 16-13 and 13 on the year. You want to be a contender in Western Conference again. You want to be truly seen... As a team that can take the next step and get back to Western Conference Final, you can't be out here in the second period of a game being held midway through a period to two shots. That's what happened to Edmonton. They were held to just to what two or three shots for the entire second period. That's embarrassing. Plain and simple. That cannot happen. That cannot happen. Like, how? That is. <laughs> Elite teams don't go that offensively dry in, on the road in a game of importance. I know we're not even 30 games into the year yet, but when you're a team in a, when you're a team battling in the wildcard spot race in the Pacific Division, all of these games are important. And really, we already know Edmonton shouldn't even be here battling for a playoff spot. We already know Edmonton shouldn't be here. Edmonton should be where a Vegas or a Seattle is, but I digress. Either way, once again, this team went back to being a two or three person show, which is plain and simple, not good enough. Edmonton did not get enough offense from their forwards, not named Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman. Like we we it's Groundhog Day. Once again, it's Groundhog Day. It keeps happening over and over and over again. And I think many people in Edmonton 
are at their wit's end when these games happen on the road against teams. You could play in a playoff series, and the guys who step up once again are 97, 29, maybe 18, maybe 93. Not good enough. Not a good enough effort, and Edmonton will be on the road tomorrow. They're playing back-to-back. And you'll have me again tomorrow night hosting, as the Oilers will be in Nashville tomorrow night before they return home to play two games against St. Louis and Anaheim back at Rogers Place after that game against Nashville. But come on. And we know, I'm, I'm also too, something about playing in Minnesota. The Edmonton Oilers, for a very long time, have struggled. We already know they struggled playing against the Wild in general. But something about St. Paul. Something about playing the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. This team has always had a tough time doing. And once again, we saw it right there. that They struggled. And also, I mentioned offense when it came to finishing chances. This team, late in this game, had a 3-on-1 and a 3-on-2. Flies trying to... You see, yeah, even the flies. Like, wow, what's with that, Avery? Even the fly that went by my head was like, wow, it's crazy. This team had a 3-on-1 and a 3-on-2, and couldn't convert. When you're given those chances, you have to get a goal on at least one of those. Edmonton came away with nothing on both opportunities on Marc-Andre Fleury. Not, not an effort you want to see. And But I will give full credit, though. I will go on the positive side, and I will say once again, in his fifth straight start, Stuart Skinner, young Stuart. If I had some flowers on hand, I would throw them to you. Because once again, Stuart Skinner kept Edmonton in this game. He gave the Oilers a chance to win. This game, in terms of Stuart doing all he could to keep him in the game and him not getting a ton of help, in that sense, in that vein, it reminded me somewhat of the game against Washington where the Capitals, the Capitals threw everything at that man. Washington threw the kitchen sink. Flowers, bathtub, your mama's house. Like, and he put up a 47 seat performance, but it, it was a loss. It felt similar in that sense again, in which Minnesota tested him all night long. And I feel bad for Skinner because this is a game in which he only got one. He only got one goal of support. Like, you got to give your goaltender a bit more when he's playing that well. You have to give your goaltender more than one goal when he's playing that well. Like, I fully, like, right now, right now, Stewart Skinner is a starting netminder. It's not Jack Campbell. It is, it's not Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell right now is your number two, I think. Background video plays for some reason. No, your number one guy right now is Stuart Skinner. Jack Campbell is number two for the time being until there's a way to figure out how you can get his groove back. And I see in the chat room right here, uh, what's going on, Audie? What's going on? You like that? Hey, you like the Mama's House comment, Audie? <laughs> I mean, yo, how else can I describe the way Washington threw everything out of Stuart Skinner in that game last week? <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, uh, good question. Uh, Campbell in tomorrow, that's a good question. I guess we'll, we will probably find out pretty soon what, um, what Jay Woodcroft will do in terms of goaltending for tomorrow night. But the one thing you can do is, I don't want Stuart Skinner getting burnt out. 
even though, yes, right now I see him as the starting netminder for Edmonton, I don't want Stewart getting burned out and him having to play 15, 20, 25 games in a row. At a certain point, you're going to have to go back to Jack Campbell eventually. Eventually, you're going to have to get, let him get some starts again. You can't let him sit on the bench for 30 games straight. It can't happen, but it remains to be seen in terms of we'll find out soon as what Jay Woodcroft will do in net. And you know what? Hey, if if Woodcroft does want to ride um, Stewart some more, then I would say give Campbell the game against Anaheim. Give the Saturday afternoon game to Jack Campbell. Like, I don't want to see Stewart get, get all those games. At some point, you got to put Campbell in let him let him get some game action again. I admit, it was surprising that Campbell didn't play against Arizona. That, to me, was a statement right there on the part of Jay Woodcroft that Campbell didn't play against the Coyotes, who were finishing up that 14-game road trip. So, we'll see what Jay has to do. We'll see what Jay does. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, the guys do give Stuart Skinner a, a better effort Tomorrow night against National Predators. And National themselves. National is a funny team. Just seeing how up and down they've been this year. They are a really funny team on that roster. And of course, I'm, and feel free in the chat. Let me know if you feel there are any other players tonight who deserve, who deserve praise. I know it's tough to be giving out praise in a game like that. But if, it, if there's any of the Oilers besides um, Stuart Skinner. And Zach Hyman, you still deserve praise for their play tonight. Please let me know in the Game Over chat here on YouTube. Let me know. I am all ears because I got some real big ears. And then, of course, I do want to jump to quickly here. Um, positive news. It was announced that this past week here, Edmonton will be the host. I'm, I'm sure Dennis and um, I'm sure Dennis and Zach mentioned it, but I do want to mention here myself how the Oilers will be hosting the Heritage Classic in 2023. Edmonton Calgary, Battle of Alberta. I'm excited. I'll definitely be at that game in October. But what I want to touch on is the jerseys. I know many people want the Oilers for that game to go back to either the 2006 look or the um, WHA look or the early 80s look. But my thing for Heritage Classic is with the Oilers and Adidas, I don't want that. I don't want the Oilers in the Heritage Classic to go back to a look they've already worn. They've already done stuff for the WHA and for the 80s Oilers. And quite frankly, the 06 look, I wasn't really a fan of. I wasn't really a fan of the copper and blue Oilers era. But what I want to see them do is go back, like way, way, way back, and honor some teams before the NHL in the Edmonton. Because the Edmonton hockey history goes back over 100 years. It goes back over 110 years. They were pro teams way before the Oilers were ever thought in anybody's mind in Edmonton. They were amateur teams who won. I would love to see the Oilers go back and honor the Edmonton Flyers or the Edmonton Mercuries. The Oilers have never had a jersey that honored the past of Edmonton's hockey heritage before the Oilers. Never happened. Other, other pro sports would have done that before. Other teams have done that. So go back. Deep into the heritage of Edmonton hockey past. Something from the 40s, the 30s, the 20s. Get creative. Wear something new. Never before seen in Edmonton. 
Don't rehash what we've already war already seen. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the Heritage Classic. Get unique. So, there's my little diatribe on that. <laughs> there's my little um, quick spiel on that. But that was a... Edmonton, Minnesota, it's always been a game that's been tough on the Edmonton Oilers. But there are a few players... You know, I, I will give praise more than just for one game. I have liked the efforts of James Hamblin since he's been recalled to Edmonton. And James Hamblin came up here, undrafted free agent, did his thing down in Bakersfield, and he's put in a lot of good work for the Oilers. Hasn't scored yet, but you see him when he plays in that third line, when he gets through that minutes mainly with Dylan Holloway and Jesse Pugliarvi, he finds a way to try and generate chances. He always has a good Corsi, and he is someone who, I always say it on either this show on um, Avery Sports Show, on Third Intermission, other podcasts, or on Twitter, he's playing like he's playing like he doesn't want to go back to Bakersfield, California. He's playing like he doesn't want to ever see Bakersfield ever again. And we saw it last year with Ryan with um, Ryan McLeod. We saw it with Holloway and James Hamblin, another guy in which it's going to be very tough for Jay Woodcroft and Ken Holland to send this man down to AHL once again. He's got a lot of jump on that third line, which I've been enjoying to watch over these past couple of um, these past couple of games here. And again, Hamlin, undersized, has a fight for everything. These are kind of guys who you have a lot of respect for. The guys who are undrafted, who had to grind their way through the AHL to finally get that chance. These are the guys who are always going to be hungry and who will always give you an honest night's work at the NHL level. How can you not feel good for James Hamlin, what he's done so far in Edmonton? How can you not feel good for what he's done and what he's doing on this roster here so far? It's hard for me to not be feel good for the guy. As I go through the chat here, see what else is, is happening on, on our Twitter stream. I see, let's see who else is in here. Got, we, got some, we, got some, we got some usuals in here. MGD8862 is back in the chat again. Good to see you again. Good to see you again here. Always back in the chat. So always here. Yeah, I, I love the fact that we're getting some some um, regulars in the chat here on, on Game Over Edmonton. I, least, I love seeing how there's a few people here you can always rely upon who are going to be in the comments. You're going to be active. We're always going to have some fun and rock with us here on SDPN. And hey, if you like what you see, if you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe to the SDPN YouTube channel. Follow the Game Over NHL shows on Spotify and Apple. And hey, follow all of our hosts. Follow all for everybody who hops on this panel. It's the great stuff. We have so much content from Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto. Follow all the hosts. They're great people. I love collaborating with all of them and, and promoting their stuff and retweeting what they do because they retweet all of ours. They retweet my work. So, hey, we're all one big happy family here at SDPN. So give us a follow. And, hey, it's a lot of great content no matter if you're – I mean, I love just hopping in to what's going on with SDPN Toronto or SDPN or um, game, sorry, game Over Edmonton, Game Over Vancouver, Game Over Calgary. I love watching your stream as well, too. It's always fun content to see what's happening. And it's always educational. 
you get to you get to feel the you get to feel the pulse of what's going on from content creators who care about the Jets, the Canucks, the Leafs, the Habs, etc. etc. It's always great to educate yourself in terms of what's happening around the rest of the NHL. It's great to see here. It's always amazing and <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting comment from David W. talking about the Royals' lack of offense against Minnesota, similar to the Leafs against Tampa in that Game 7. Well, we could say Game 7s in general for the Leafs in Round 1. Oh! Too soon? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. When I saw, when I saw Game 7 and Toronto, I just... My troll, my troll gene activated there for a brief second. Sorry, Leaf Nation. <laughs> it activated for a, for a quick second there when I made that joke about um, lack of offense in a, in a Leafs um, playoff game. Yeah, and some, some stranger commented right here in the chat, atrocious efforts. And again, it was Edmonton chasing the game once again. Chasing the game. When this team scores first, when Edmonton scores first, things are usually hunky-dory. That's a major problem that, once again, reared its ugly head was Edmonton playing from behind and scrambling the rest of the game to try and get back into this one. Which, I mean, they had their chances. They got, they got, their, power play, they got their opportunities on the, on the power play, and they did score. Zach Hyman did get the one power play goal, but other chances with the amount of advantage, they just couldn't cash in on. And then... The penalty kill for Edmonton. Once again, the penalty kill. Oh my goodness. It's weak. The penalty kill for Edmonton Oilers is still just... Just something that is... I don't know what to say about the Oilers penalty kill after a while. It, appear, it appears at some point... It turned the corner, and then it doesn't. Every game, it takes one step back, or sorry, one, it takes one step forward, and then three steps backwards. There is no sustained progress with the Oilers when it comes to penalty killing. I don't know what that is about. I don't know what that's about. Penalty killing for the Oilers just has been garbage over this past year. I mean, hey. If anybody can solve it, I'll give you a million dollars right now. I will give you a million dollars if you can figure out the Oilers PK. And Monopoly money. I ain't that rich. <laughs> it is just a troubling thing. And now, you know what? We're going we're gonna to pull up here the Edmonton Oilers penalty kill stats compared to the rest of the league because it is not good. They are not good, ladies and gentlemen. And for a team of Edmonton's caliber, a team that wants to be, I, I keep saying it again, that wants to get to a cup final, that wants to have another deep playoff run, the penalty kill is a massive Achilles heel. It really is. At times it feels like, at times it feels like it's going to be an automatic goal, almost when they're on the PK, or it's going to come. The way they cannot keep the puck out of their own net when they're down, when they're down a man. When they're down two men. Although I will say it is it is cool to see someone like Carmen David on the PK more often now. Yeah, so we can lose the penalty. 
The penalty kill for Edmonton. It is not... Right now, the Oilers penalty kill is operating at 71.3%. 71.3%. It's not the worst in the league. They are saved because Buffalo is even worse. Seattle, Vancouver, Anaheim, and St. Louis. St. Louis is at 65.6. Oh, wow. That penalty kill for the St. Louis Blues is nasty. 65.6. But point being, Edmonton's penalty kill being barely over 70% casts a change. That has to change. You look at some of the best teams in the league. And Edmonton's penalty, the elite team in the NHL, or what I would say Edmonton's peers of where they want to be in the league, you look at the penalty kills of Boston and San Jose. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The San Jose Sharks. Yes. The San Jose Sharks, ladies and gentlemen, have a penalty kill of 84.9. The South Bay Sharks. <clears throat> Let that sink in. Let that sink in for real. A team that's tanking. A team that's probably going to trade Eric Carlson. A team that probably won't have more than 80 points. Has a top five penalty kill. Did you let that one sink in yet? That's how nuts that is? Did you let that one marinate over your soul and over your body? <laughs> oh, lordy, 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 Mark Tenorti. That's crazy. That's wild. Other teams with better um, penalty kill this year. Dallas at 80, 84%. Dallas 84.6. Winnipeg 83.6. Pittsburgh 82. New Jersey 81.8. And yo, the New Jersey Devils, what they've accomplished this year. That Devils team is scary good. And they came into this year, everybody underestimated it. Everybody figured, ah, New Jersey, they're going to be rebuilding again. Remember. Starting this season, Devils fans were chanting fire Lindy Ruff. And look at them now. Look at them now in New Jersey. I mean, if you're Lindy Ruff right now, you're probably celebrating. You're chilling if you're Lindy Ruff. I know you're dancing right now if you're him. I mean, how can you not be? You, a fan base wanted you gone. I know you have that team as a juggernaut in the... In the in the Eastern Conference. I know Juggernaut's a tough word to say on this channel. I know, I know. Juggernaut's a questionable word. But if you're Lindy Ruff right now, how are you not dancing? You know, you know, you know what? You want to say, you know what? I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance for him. If you're Lindy, if you're Lindy Ruff, you're like, woo! 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 <laughs> Oh, I mean, how could you not? How could you not?
Oh, Asa, are you having fun yet? Are you enjoying yourself watching this episode? I hope you are. I truly, truly hope you are on this fine, fine, fine evening here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So I mentioned um, Edmonton's schedule coming up. They have Nashville coming up and they're back home against uh, St. Louis and Anaheim. They've already beaten St. Louis is a team they've already beaten this year. And Anaheim. Anaheim is a team in which, yeah, they're not. We we see them right now. They're tri they're not exactly having the best year. They they have not. They've yet to win three games in regulation. They've yet to win three games in regulation. Anaheim Ducks are a another funny team in the NHL. I mean, I'm loving what Anaheim is doing in terms of the youth movement. How can you not be behind Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry? And what's going on? Because in due time, in say by saying next year or the year afterwards, Anaheim will be a team to pay attention to way more in the Western Conference. But the fact that they have won only one game regulation, that is shocking to me still. That they have not but they just struggled that badly to win. Within 60 minutes, as they sit right now at the bottom of the uh, Western Conference with a record of 7-19-3. I mean, they're a lottery team. They're a team that's going to be in the race for um, Connor Bedard this year. Could you, whoa. Could you imagine Connor Bedard? Could you imagine Connor Bedard, Trevor Zegers, and Troy Terry on the exact same franchise? Oh, wow. Like, they're... There's a few teams where, in terms of marketing and in terms of intrigue, I would love to see Carter Bedard on next year. I would love to see him. I would love to see him in Anaheim. I'd love to see him in Arizona. Those are my two places where I think we have the most fun with Carter Bedard would be Arizona and Anaheim. Those would be those are my two teams I really want to see get a uh, real crack at Carter Bedard in the draft lottery. But hey, we'll see how things shake up. Of course, I'm sure there's going to be some smart Alec who might, who might say, oh, he might go to Edmonton. Some smart Alec out there who will call like always predict a uh, playoff collapse or a um, late season collapse in the year to get them into the lottery. But we'll see. We shall see how things go for the Oilers as, you know, they got to pick up points here against Western Conference teams, definitely against St. Louis and against Anaheim because that Pacific division will is... It's gonna get real volatile. Once once you get below Vegas, once uh, Vegas is gonna win this division. Vegas, I really feel win this division. Even though right now they they're five and five in the past ten games, I think Vegas has enough to secure a division in due time. It's once you get past the Golden Knights and look at what's happening in the battles for a second, third, and fourth with Seattle, L.A., Edmonton, Calgary still in the mix, Vancouver. Vancouver is in the mix. Yes, they're 6-4 in their last 10. And even though I don't know what they want to be, you can't rule them out yet. Even though I don't know what Vancouver's direction is, and if they want to be a lottery team, or if they want to go for it in the playoffs, you can't say the season's done for them yet. And teams like Edmonton and Calgary should be very concerned if Vancouver does, once again, go on a mini run. Like I mentioned, they're 6-4 in the last 10. They lost their last game, but that gap can close very quickly 
when it comes to a wild card spot, they sit with 27 points right now in the Western Conference. With a couple of games, and you are definitely back in the mix for the postseason. As much as Canuck fans, I know want Connor Bedard. Who knows? Vancouver might go on a little run and make the postseason, ruining your plans for a proper rebuild in the Western Conference. Oh my goodness, that'll be. That certainly would be a situation if Connor Bedard ended up in um, Vancouver, if Vancouver did fall off. But Edmonton now. They again Nashville, and then they're all, they're back at home, and then they got and then and and, and, and oh, oops sorry ah, sorry again ah and then before Christmas they got some games here and they have um, Winnipeg, they are playing Vancouver on the Christmas break, and then they have, they have the gold they have the Kraken coming up here, Winnipeg, so it'll be a it'll be a fun December and early January for the Oilers. It'll be a fun couple of weeks here to see how things shake up because they have a lot of games against Western Conference teams coming up. Big Western Conference opponents. But, so it'll be fun to see what this team can do. And really, they just need some consistent scoring outside of 97 and 29. They badly need that. And they got to be more defensively responsible in front of no matter who it is. No matter if it's Jack Campbell or Stuart Skinner. Just being defensively responsible at going to be a major, major thing. It wasn't the best night for Cody Cece or Darnell, Darnell Nurse. Those two guys, once again, had a night that was ugh, an iffy night, a very iffy night in front of Stuart Skinner. And it has to be cleaned up against Nashville. But in Nashville, we know how dry side loves to dominate against the Predators. We know how dry finds a... Next level gear for some reason against the Predators. So, if Dry has another 5.9 against the Predators, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. He's prone to go off against Nashville. It happens often. Anyways, we're going to wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back, I'll be back here again tomorrow night. So, until then, stay safe. I'm gone. Peace. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.